You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by HuntStand. HuntStand is the number one hunting app in the country, and at only $29.99, HuntStand offers a ton of functionality for hunters all over the country. Whether you own your own property or strictly hunt public, you can choose from over a dozen base maps, view property ownership information, 3D mapping, local weather, log your sightings and harvest, as well as use their trail cam management software, and print maps from your hunt areas. Download it today at the Apple App Store or Google Play. Hunt Stand. Upgrade your arsenal. This is the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast. Brought to you by Vortex Optics. Welcome back, everybody, and we have one hell of a podcast today. Once again, my buddy Lucas Psycho is on the uh, is on the uh, podcast with us today. I'll tell you what, um, this guy just gets it done, right? Public land, North Dakota. He he fights the same thing that everybody else fights. He fights pressure. He fights uh, sporadic deer movement. Um, but one thing that this dude is really good at is locating deer and making really good moves on them. And he uses uh, his brain. He uses fresh sign. He uses scouting. He uses scouting from previous years. He uses knowledge of deer movement uh, from previous years. And he uses all basically a a Rolodex, a catalog of all this information that he's acquired over the years to make decisions and uh, on on where he needs to uh, set up his uh, tree stand. And with that said, he gets it done. Like the dude just slays big bucks and um, he's doing it on public land and he's doing it in a, uh, in a manner that uh, I wish I could do. Like I, I honestly look up to this dude as a as a hunter, and I wish that I had some of the skills that this guy has. Uh, and uh, there's a lot of people out there in the hunting industry or out there on social media who think that you know uh, they're getting it done. This guy's getting it done, and he's getting it done with limited resources. And uh, I don't know; I just find that very impressive, and that's why uh, I, I bring him on the on the show every year, uh, a couple times every year. And I'll, I'm going to tell you this right now: um, this is no this this episode is no different, right? Uh, it's different because the buck that he killed is different, but uh, the manner in which he did it in is uh is the same kind of right he talks about how um he identifies sign walking in to a a hunt and knowing where to go and where not to go and knowing you know um how to use terrain to access his tree stand location just like all this all this great information you're going to hear today and uh so instead of uh just basically telling you what the ep- the entire episode's going to uh, be about I'm just going to let uh Lucas do that for us but I need to drink a water real quick bear with me ah all right so <clears throat> today we are 
Um, we're going to do some commercials real quick. And the first one that we're going to do is Ozonics. Now, I don't know where you guys sit with the... Uh, uh, with using ozone you know a lot of people say well i just use woodsmanship and i just play the wind that's great you can play the wind all you want but there are times when even the best hunters who are playing the wind and, and knowing how to do it like bad things happen and guess what deer go downwind of you and when they go downwind of you i don't care how many sprays you put on your body i don't care how good you're playing the wind you're going to get busted at some point in time my experience with the Nozonics in the tree is absolutely crazy. I've had, I've had encounter after encounter after encounter of deer getting downwind to me, especially if you're trying to hunt uh, fairly aggressive and cutting the wind, um, that if they get a nose full of Ozonics, if they get a nose full of you, you're done. I don't care if they get a nose full of ozonics mixed with you it in a way confuses them uh the science behind what ozone does to odor um and and the scent cone it basically just distorts it all and uh they're not uh they're not able to really identify you as a threat sometimes they get curious sometimes they're just like eh, i'm just gonna keep walking um it, I, I kind of put it to this it's almost like if they were gonna smell a tractor or some kind of, um, I don't know, like a tractor or a car or another scent that doesn't necessarily identify as a threat to them. And I've seen nothing but uh, um, great results from that. So you can go to ozonicshunting.com, check out, uh, read up on how ozone works, uh, read up on the uh, on all the different uh, options that these guys have. They have some packs available as well as far as not not packs for your back but um uh, like uh, discount packs where you can get a discount on a, a bag or a ozone or generator or uh, their closet or whatever um, and I do have a discount code for you guys here if you want to purchase one of their devices you will get a free dry wash bag when you enter the discount code NFC21 NFC21 and that's going to get you a free dry wash bag with a purchase of a unit other than that, uh, we got to go on to the next one, and that is Exodus Outdoor Gear. Man, uh, this past week, I've got uh, I I went out and I put up some more trail cameras. I put up some more cell cams. The thing I like about the cell cams is in or there there are cell cameras out there where it takes a long time. It's a little bit confusing to set them up. With an Exodus trail camera, all you have to do is download an app and scan a QR code, and you're set up. I mean, it is literally that easy. And then all, the only thing you have to do is uh, hang them out in the woods in cell phone uh, with cell phone reception, and you're going to start getting pictures. I uh, have, let's see, right now I think I have three or four cameras out, cell cams out in the woods sending me back um, like the most recent information. I have other trail cameras out soaking right now that do not have any cell phone reception they're just the regular cameras and i'll check those when i really start to get uh, in the process of hunting uh they have a five-year theft and uh um, damage warranty so if your your camera uh checks out after four years you can uh, take advantage of their warranty if someone steals it you can take advantage of uh their warranty and you can buy another uh camera at half the price so uh they're really taking care of their customers there and overall you just put their cameras out and they work and really that's all i want so exodusoutdoorgear.com uh, and then we have uh let's see excalibur crossbows it's not too late to pick up a a new crossbow for the year and i'll say this the learning curve on how to shoot them is really really short right i've shot some crossbows uh before um i can't use them in the woods here in iowa because of you know the the laws in iowa but uh i've shot them before and to get them sighted in and to get them you know in in kill mode is shorter than a count compound bow if you're to ask me so you can get it out and they can you know he's got some good distance behind him there's some power behind him what i like about excalibur is the company's been in the industry for a long time so you're getting a ton of um 
you're getting a ton of customer service behind it. You're getting a ton of um, evolution and innovation behind the product. And it's not overkill, right? It's a crossbow that gets the job done and they're durable and you can beat the shit out of them and they still perform at a high level. So uh, ExcaliburCrossbow.com, go and check out their new twin strike that's currently out. That's two arrows on one crossbow. It's, it's gnarly. And then lastly, one of my favorite, uh, one of my absolute favorite uh, uh, products that I use every day and I use every single season for, I don't even know how many seasons now, it's over like 14 seasons, and that is LoneWolfHuntingProducts.com, the Lone Wolf Tree Stand. I'm a huge fan of the Assault and the Four Sticks, and I'm going to say this, it can get me wherever I need to go. Crooked tree, it can get me in a straight tree, it can get me in a, a big tree, it can get me in a small tree, a lot of branches, not very many branches, it gets me in the right tree. And sometimes five yards, 10 yards can mean the difference of a big buck. And that's why I choose Lone Wolf as my mobile setup for uh, for 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 my hunting. So uh, lonewolfhuntingproducts.com. If you do decide to purchase uh, anything from their website, enter the discount code, where's it at here? 9FC21. 9FC21. And uh, you're going to get a discount of $50 off of all purchases over $200. Uh, so that can be anywhere from 18 to 25% off, just depending on what you purchase. And I'm telling you right now, it is a, uh, it's, uh, it's a good deal. So take advantage of that. All right. I've hoard out. We're done. Uh, let's get into today's episode with Lucas Psycho. Three, two, one. All right. All the way from North Dakota, my friend, Lucas Psycho. Lucas, what's up, man? Oh, not much, man. Just got done with the work week. Yeah. Get the bullshit with you for a bit, you know, and end the week on a good note. Talk some beers. Heck yeah. You know, get my, get myself jacked up for, for what tags I got left for the year. What tags do you have left for this year? So I got, I do have a rifle tag okay. uh, for North Dakota. It's, a, it's in a completely different unit than I generally hunt, but um, it's going to be, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be like a little bit of an adventure hunt, hunt, uh, go hunt some stuff. Um, that I generally don't hunt off very much. Yeah. So uh, a little lot different terrain. It's going to be hunting whitetails in like a lot of mule deer country. Okay. You know, yeah. specifically. So uh, there's this where whitetails and muleys hang out. So um, it'll look like uh, if anybody's seen Donnie Vincent's, uh, uh, gosh, the Rivers Divide one. Yeah. That one where he hunts that deer in North Dakota in the Badlands. So I'll be hunting stuff like that. Okay. It looks identical to that. So it gives anybody an idea. So just just changing it up. Me me and Jen, my wife, we we both drew that tag. Awesome. So uh, got that. That starts uh, November sixth, and then I'm gonna try to skip out to Minnesota and possibly Wisconsin. Actually, it just depends on how it all lays out. But you know, towards uh, towards the end of the end of the October here, um, and then I and then if I have to, I might skip back out to Minnesota if I still have a tag and, and try to kill one with the muzzleloader in Minnesota if I don't. I still have the tag, so okay. Um, that's that Montana didn't didn't draw anything in Montana, and, and so is so that there, uh, but. is that North Dakota rifle tag good for muley or whitetail or just whitetail? Nope, nope. This one this one will just be whitetail. Uh, although my dad did draw uh, a mule deer tag, so I'm gonna be running around with him. So he's gonna be trying to take out a muley buck with his rifle. And, uh, and he's essentially just been hunting, hunting mule deer this year. So he's going to have a really, real good idea. He's had some close calls already this year. There's been some pretty cool hunts that went on with, with him a couple of times. And yeah, so we're getting pretty excited to get after some mule deer this year too. What's the mule deer. I'm going to <laughs> South Dakota on Friday of this next, this upcoming week. So actually when this podcast launches, I'll be in a car heading West to South Dakota for mule deer. What's the North Dakota mule deer situation like? It's it's actually doing real well. It's doing real well. I think the number numbers are up, real real good. Um, you know, uh, as opposed to right now. And you know, this is just a good segue into what we were talking about earlier, yeah. Dan, with uh, EHD. We have EHD going on up here right now, and it's just just it's just taking a, a toll on everything in, in my area right now. There's just I'm getting reports of seventy and eighty percent deer 
heard loss on some of these guys' places around here. And, no shit. And, you know, yeah, yeah, it's bad. It's, and, it, and it extends into Montana from, from, from North Dakota here, you know, up both river valleys, Missouri and the Yellowstone. I guess they're just terrible. The harvest is going on up here, sugar beets and everything like that. And, and, and just in the past week and a half, I've just been hearing left and right and getting pictures of this deer, you know, all these dead deer. And it's just insane, man. Yeah. I, I share a, I share hunting a little private place uh, over here in North Dakota, not far from my house, and, and uh, with another guy. And he said he drove down into that place the other day, and he said it smelled like a death zone in there. Jeez. So I was like, geez. So... And then across the river from from that, he said that he thought they him and him and his brother they farm over there. They found over eighty deer dead already in the last in, in just a few days. Went right before that, so Dang. it's it's bad, man. It's, yeah. it's we got a drought going on up here, like 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 no other. I mean, it is is bad. That sucks. So that really sucks. Yeah, yeah. So yep. have you witnessed? I mean, with with your time in the in the woods already this year, have you witnessed a lot of dead deer? Like you know coming to and from your stands or checking trail cameras or just scouting or anything I, myself i only i only i only ran into a couple myself yeah um because I, I mean i only hunted for that that first two weeks you know and and then i tagged out so you know all throughout that when when season opened on the third it was just a few here and there and it was kind of like well maybe it's not going to be as bad as you know some places are, are getting it and then it just it, it progressively got real, real bad quick here in the river bottoms. And then there, and there's, and it's not just in the river bottoms. There's, there's the hill country to the South and the North and it's kind of spotty, you know, all over the place. Um, but there's some areas that I think the deer herds are just getting decimated. Like, like they're wiping them out. Like in some of these spots, like Dang. I don't know if there's going to be very many left right there. Dang. It's, so, it's crazy. Yeah, how it's a, it's a bummer. It's crazy how that works too, because my, uh, uh, stepbrother, he found 20, he was getting ready to go fish a pond one day and he found 22, mm-hmm. this is no joke, 22 dead deer in a pond and that they were all recent, like right around, they were all dead right around the edge of the pond. And that's a lot, uh, right? And so that is, that's insane. Yeah. yeah. So your buddy's finding them, you're finding them. Yep. And every time mm-hmm. that I hear this, and this is crazy, um, for me, every time I hear a, you know, oh, there's been a, we've been hit by EHD, right? So then I go out yep. and I do my normal uh, March shed hunting that I d- go and do, but I never find any, I'm not finding the results of an EHD kill, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not finding mm-hmm. these deadheads all over the place. Um, so I don't know. Unless they're right. going down to the river and they're getting washed out with floods and they're getting buried in mud or, or something, or they're just crawling into holes that I, that I'm not seeing them in. But, uh, mm-hmm. I, I personally am not witnessing what others have said that there has been in the past. So I don't know. It's yeah. I think they die in relatively easy places for people to find them. So I think that's why you don't find them very much. Cause I think if anything's worth picking up or, you know, I think, I think people get, get them. If, yeah. like if you're not out there, I think while it's happening, I don't know if you will see a lot of them, yeah. you know, cause I think they die in relatively pretty high, you know, traffic areas, like right out in some fields or, you know, in some ditches or, yeah. you know, some little pond areas or, you know, right along little rivers and creeks and stuff like that. And then in the big rivers, you know, a uh, buddy of mine just, they, uh, a buddy of mine, or uh, no, my dad was telling me about it. He was driving down the river the other day, and here's a, here's a deer floating right down the river, Dang. you know. And so, yeah, yeah, and, and you know, and we've seen a, a couple of them right, right along the river, you know, laying dead on the bank, and and uh, yeah, it's 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 terrible, man. It's but you know what's crazy is is the mule deer though. I haven't I haven't actually heard of or seen one picture from anybody of a mule deer get, getting taken out by because apparently they're just not as susceptible to it. Huh. You know, I think they, they must, they must have, uh, I haven't really read into it, but I would, I'm just guessing I, I would, I would assume they probably have adapted to it or something, you know, and mule deer live in that, you know, up in the, up in the drier kind of like, you know, desolate areas and yeah. stuff like that. So I don't know if they kind of live in, in, a, in somewhat of a, you know, a drought, you know, a drought like area, yeah. you know? Yeah. 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 So I don't know if that's kind of how they've already 
you know, they've gotten used to living with it, maybe. Well, you know, or so, they're, so, they're not down in the bottoms. You know, like the whitetails, they're out in the bottoms. They're in the mud the where that midge lives, right? They're in the yep, the river bottoms, yep. the the wetter places where that midge would live. And for and right. th- this is my limited experience on mule deer. They're up in that higher hill country, and they're not – they don't have – it's almost like they don't need water like a whitetail needs water. They they get it off yeah, the plants right. or or maybe from a cattle tank in, instead. So I don't know. Right. No, that's very true. That's very true because some of these areas that me and my dad have been running around in here, they all of them all of them old stock ponds and those cattle ponds that the farm uh, ranchers have up here and stuff. Everything's dry. Everything's yeah. dried up and gone. And so there's no there is literally no wetness to it. Yeah. So it's like, I, it is fascinating, like how they even live up in that stuff. Yeah. You know, where are you getting the, where are you getting this water at, you yeah. know? And, but I'm sure it's a combination of all that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, all right. So EHD has hit pretty hard as you, you know, as this summer, you know, you, you start to, did you have an idea that EHD was hitting as you were going out and do your, doing your summer scouting and doing your trail cameras and things like that? Were you getting the idea that, you know, something about the population was off? It was, well, no, cause, cause it generally hits like, you know, mid to late August, you know, or in September, you know, so I, all the way up through, you know, when I start hanging cameras, you know, and, and doing any scouting at all, like mid, mid July, you know, everything was looking fantastic. Everything sounded great. Everything was looking great. You know, I was getting lots of deer on, on, you know, on cameras and all that stuff and, uh, and seeing lots of deer. And, you know, right before season started, started to hear the first couple cases, you know, popping up right before season started. Like it was like the last week of August when I first kind of really heard of it kind of taking off. And then I kind of got nervous about it. And then, uh, and I, and I just, and I knew, you know, until we're, we're a ways away from getting a frost generally, just because it's been warm, it's been warm here, you know, and we've had one morning with, with any frost that I've seen. And that was the morning of September 17th when I shot my deer and it was, it wasn't a heavy frost because it only frosted down in the low lying areas in, of the timber where there was no canopy and it was in them low lying areas, which is where you want it to be frost. Where you want it to frost is that stuff. You want it to frost that hard to kill, to trick, to kill them bugs off. And, uh, the, the larvae or whatever they call it, the midge. And, but it has to be a good hard frost. And I think you need something that's, that's literally frosting everything, you know, not just these, you know, little low lying areas yeah. in the woods and stuff. So, um, so I right know it looks like, you know, the, we're looking like probably the next 10 to 14 days, we're still not getting anything that looks to be a sure frost. I think we get down to like 30, 32 or 33 next week sometime is all. And yeah. I mean, we need something to hit like, you know, 28, 30, you know, something like that and kind of be like that. And for a few nights in a row, I think is what we really need. Yeah. But so as you were, you know, as you were starting your trail camera inventory, um, you know, things were looking good. All right. So kind of getting back mm-hmm. into the positives of this hunting strategy and, and how you, how you play, um, just, just out of curiosity, how many acres are you covering of, of the public land that you hunt, um, throwing your trail cameras out, getting an inventory of what bucks are where and, and what deer are, are looking good to you? Uh, acreage. I think I, you know, at one point, I think I, I did a guesstimation. I think at one point I did a guesstimation and I, I'm not, I can't quite remember what the acreage coverage is, but it, it's huge, right? It's, you know, probably 15, 15,000, you know, acres plus probably of just, you know, mix and match pu- public pieces here and there, you know, and, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's all throughout the river bottoms here and some, some outside of the river bottoms too, up on top in, in the hill country, but um, I had, you know, we, 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 we did a lot of, a lot of glassing on top of, on top of just the trail cameras this year, you know, and that was actually opening night. I, I was after a, a different deer that I didn't shoot. And, uh, and I seen, and it was because me and my dad, me and my dad glassed him up. We drove, we drove down the river one evening and then we went to a spot and, and glassed from a distance on a field that is generally pretty good in the, in the, in the early season. And, and I spotted a deer that that we tried that I tried to kill the previous year in that spot in the early season, and 
and he turned into an absolute giant and uh not as in not as in scoring giant but but just a beast old seven and a half eight and a half year old deer big tank ate all the character in the world on him and uh so i went after him and i actually i, I had him at 40 yards two nights in a row opening night and and the second night and just wasn't comfortable with the shots he was kind of in some thicker stuff and and uh the wind wind was blowing a bit and it just it just didn't feel right and actually the whole time i thought i was going to get a lot closer shot than that anyway well he ended up slipping by you know did what a big deer did he stayed right in the thick stuff perfect right out of range you know got by yeah and so i gave that spot a break and in the meantime all this phd starts picking up even more you know you know after after opening weekend it just kind of picks up more and more yeah people are finding more deer more deer so i start to go well I don't know if this is the year to dedicate to anything, you know, one specific deer. Yeah. And so I said, well, what are, what are the odds, you know, what are the odds, you know, I'm going to run into, you know, anything else that I want to shoot anyways right now. So I kind of wanted to just expand, you know, uh, my options. So I started hunting other, other spots here and there and checking out some other areas, doing some observation sits and whatnot and, and, uh, come to, come to the 17th and, and there was an area that me and me and my dad had seen, you know, I don't know four or five looked like really good bucks came out a couple of times in, in an area and got a decent look at them, but nothing great, you know, to verify what they were. So I thought, uh, I thought I'd, 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 I'd go and check out one. It was, it was, I think it was the couple days. It was the week prior to that. So it'd been like the 12th or 13th. I went out and, and hung some trail cameras on, a on, a kind of like an old dry waterbed bayou kind of area right right not too far from the from the fields that these deer were going to feed in and i I did that because i could go and find where all these deer are crossing this where this was kind of dried up and you could find the the trails that were crossing that when it was soft yeah you know so so i could i could pinpoint the travel at least to where they were going to what part of the timber and so i basically just i've hunted that place so much typically i mean for, for instance back when i was hunting that deer hvi a couple of years ago um i i had that place picked apart for two years I hunted that place almost exclusively so i knew every little thing about the whole thing the whole area and so just based off of those trails i knew right where i needed to be so i was like all right next weekend looks like it's gonna get good i'll go out there and uh i'll check it out so i had that friday off i i i, I headed out there I had to make about a mile and a, just over a mile kind of a, a half circle kind of get get make a make a make a make a half circle to get in behind where those deer were and I set up and I thought I was going to see a hell of a lot more deer just based off the deer sign and and I don't know if that was because some of the HD had already been taking a toll there or not you know I didn't know that but I only seen three deer and I shot the third one you know and it was a really good eight he, he came out he did exactly what you know, deer in that area have done in the past. I mean, it was, it was to a T, right? Exactly what I wanted, you know, was looking for, you know, and he came out and I couldn't let him go. Cause he was, he, he, he was a freaking tank, man. He's a, he was a uh, seven and a half year old, uh, four by four and just a, a giant tank of a body. Yeah. And when he, when I, when I first see him in, in the, and I was built, filming it and, and I, and I just, <laughs> and I cursed, right. I cursed, right. I mean, I just, I'm all jacked up. It just, it's just, I don't, it just comes out. It's who I am, you know? Yep. And I just go this, 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 I think, look at this effort I say, or something like that. And, and I'm like, look at this effort. Here he comes, you know? And, <laughs> Cause I didn't think anything was going to show up cause it was so yeah. late in the morning after everything had kind of settled down. And, and, uh, he came in and I made a perfect shot, you know, just, just crushed him at, at about 42 yards and he died about 50 yards from where I shot him. And, and, uh, you know, looking back on it, man, I mean, it's like, I can't believe how lucky that was. Like just to not only, you know, have that work out with like no, no prior scouting, at least this year, right in that area, you know, and then just to get a deer before all these damn deer dying, you know, it was, cause it's getting, it's getting so bad. So yeah, needless to say is it just worked out pretty slick. Yeah. So, um, a lot of guys want to be this mobile hunter, right? But especially yeah. if they're breaking away from this sedentary type of hunting where they go, they do their scouting and then they set up and then that's where they go all the time. As you were walking in, 
what were you mm-hmm. looking for? Um, you mentioned you already mentioned the trails and the dry, like the dry waterbeds there. But what else were you looking yep. for as you were working your way in looking for a specific tree for an ambush point? So there was about a there was probably about a hundred yard stretch north and south. Yeah. So the the the, the deer travel is east and west, and there was about a hundred yards north and south that line right that. I, that 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 crossing area right with that deer traffic that i was that i was curious that all right i think it's going to be in this area this is where i want to be somewhere within this hundred yards i got i got to be and i really settled on the tree that i I had i had hung a tree stand in a couple years ago for for my for my wife's my wife's rifle tag and because you could see a lot and it sat up over all these cattails and everything and and i thought you know what it, it, it's kind of tough to see what's going on because it was so dry back there. Normally it's wetter, so you can kind of distinguish what the traf- traffic is better. And so it was so dry that the trails and traffic and, and tracks and everything just weren't showing up very well. And so I, I just kind of settled on this is this has always been a good pinch point. I shot, I don't know, three or four deer within, uh, you know, 150 yards of this spot, you know, in that little general triangle in there. And so I thought, you know, this has historically just been so good. I can see all the way down this way. I can see all the way down this way, you know, and I have a great chance to kill because this has always been a, per- a great funnel right here. It's always been good. And so I was like, all right, I- I'm-, I'm killing all-, all the birds with one stone tonight. You know, this morning I can see all the way down there. I got a good, I think a good kill scenario too, possibly. And, you know, if I, if I see them, I can make a move on them another time, you know? So that's that's essentially what I was looking for was just that that uh, that that was like like I said it was like a it was a kill set but it was more so an observation set yeah. you know um, I felt good that I, I have a chance to kill but it was it was more so I just want to get a look at everything and see what's happening yeah you know but you and, put yourself in a position though to where not only you could see but somewhere between like this was a morning right so they were coming. What, yep. what was he doing? Was he coming off like a big ag field or a pasture or was he like hitting some acorns and then working his way back to some kind of bedding area? Yeah, they were com- they were coming from some big cornfields. Okay. Yeah, there were some there were some big cornfields out to the west and and uh I was I was probably half mile back from the from the field edge probably, straight yeah. line shot from from where they came from. And uh and they make that and they make that trek relatively quickly most times, but this deer, I don't know, you know, he, he came through so late. I think it was like 8.40 or something in the morning, and it had been light for, you know, an hour and a half or something like that already, two hours almost. And and I was already thinking that, you know, I'd seen everything I was going to see. Yeah. And I just decided to hang out a little longer, and then here he comes. And I just seen his, his racks show up in the in the bright sun sunlight up against that big willow patch out in front of me. And I was like, holy cow, here we go. <laughs> I guess, here we go. We got one. We got one coming here. You know, and, uh, and, but, um, so you set up, you pretty much set up on fresh sign, like trails. Did you notice any rubs or scrapes walking in, in that area as well? No, no. And to be honest, I I thought I was going to be covered in moose more than anything. The moose sign was the heaviest in there. (laughs) Yeah. And that, that can be tough around here. Like moose, moose can, can almost dominate you know, all of the sign area, like it, it, it can, it can just wash out like, like even just deer travel. It just, sometimes it just looks like there's all there is, is moose here, but, but deer are actually traveling through that area. You know, it, it, it can get confusing sometimes. And sometimes you, you're, you're thinking you're hunting a you know deer and here you're, you're hunting a big a moose travel way, a corridor, you know, that they've been, yeah. they've been running up and down, you know, cause it's about, you know, uh, their, their, their mating season is right, you know, mid September oh, okay. so up here. And so, you know, it, it can be, it can be a little tricky, but you know, most of that hunt came off of prior knowledge of the area, you know, most yeah. of it. And, and then basically that week before when I, when I verified where these deer are heading back into the timber, you know, and, and that was from, and I just from glassing, right? Yeah. Well, so, so I glassed them up, right. And then when I went and I went and when I went and checked out the week prior down in that little mud flat, I was able to verify where all these trails were crossing that going back into all the willows is a big willow bar there on the way back to where I killed them. 
and and uh all i had to do is see is all right now i i see there's a very good significant amount of deer travel heading in this direction you know and yeah. and so it was kind of just like put it put it put it, you know put it all together all right they're gonna end up somewhere back along this edge you know this this open area back here in these cattails so i'm gonna just go and pop myself up and and I had that tree in the, in my head as I was walking in, right? I was thinking that is a possibility to sit that one. But I kind of, you know, scouted my way in that last 100, 150 yards, kind of picking through there, seeing what it looks like. But, you know, it was just, it was just a gut feeling more than anything. It was like, yeah, just sit this tree. Yeah. You know, just sit this one, you yeah. know? Okay. So. So in the past, um, you know, you, you kill deer, you kill your, your bow buck just about any time of year, right? I think last, was it the last two years were November or was one, was one October? So last year was October 2nd. Okay. October 2nd. And then, yep. And then I, yeah, yeah, I've shot, shot, I've shot them. Yeah. It's probably, you know, September, October, November. Yeah. Are essentially the months that I kill in and, and, and it's, there's really no rhyme or reason to any of it. You know, it's, uh, um, I bet it's, if, if I was the really figured all out, I bet you'd be pretty evenly distributed, you know, 30% in each, probably 30 yeah. percent. So let me ask you, you this. Know? What, um, what is, what is the, what are the factors that get you in the woods, right? Whether it's, you know, it's like, okay, the time is now to get out there in September or the time is now in October or November or whenever, how, how do you know, how do you make your decision on when to get into the woods and really put in the time to get the, like to, to start patterning and get on them? For me, for me, that that's, that's as simple as when do I have time to get out there? Number one. Yeah. Right. So with, with, you know, you and I both know with families, it's, it's tough, you yeah. know, and then the older your kids get in the sports, like, like mine are now, you know, um, it's, it's just, it's even that much more limited. So, um, I almost go when I have time anymore. You know, I almost go, it doesn't even matter. I'm going like it, it, if it's hot, I don't care. I got, I have too many areas. I may not go to the prime spot, you know, the ones that I'm like, yeah, kind of iffy on, like, I really don't want to waste it on, you know, maybe this, this warmer weather or whatever, this wrong wind or something. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to wait on fronts, you know, when it getting, when it cools down, I, I, that, that's a, that's one of the main ones for me is when it cools down you know, and, uh, and just, and just with all the, with all the ground I hunt, I, I can go just about any time I have a chance, regardless of where the, where the, where the wind is blowing. Cause right. I, can, I can figure it out one way or the other in all these areas. And that's, and that's, that's, I think that's what's why, why I'm so successful is because I just, I go so much when most people maybe not go, you know, and it just, yep. I think my opportunity is just that much higher than a lot of people, yeah. you know, and, and I, and it's all, and it's a lot of times first sit. You know, it's a lot yeah. of time first sit, first sit in, first sit in, you know, and, and when you do that enough, I think your, your, your odds just go up, go up and you don't, you know, a lot of people don't have that opportunity though. You know, they don't have access to, you know, this amount of public land or, you know, or just a, a couple of, you know, good, good sized private chunks or anything that you could do stuff like that. You yeah. know, here I, I have that ability, you know, so. Yeah. And it sounds to me like what you have acquired over all of your years of scouting, over all of the years of hunting this public is a almost like an index or a rolodex of places in your head where it's like okay i have the ability to hunt it is it's hot or it's cold or it's september or it's a north wind or it's raining or if it's a southwest wind or whatever the current conditions are or the 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 water levels high or the water levels low or whatever you've you have this you have this Rolodex in your head that it just automatically goes click, 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 click. All these numbers are aligned and it yep. outputs a place where you feel that you need to be. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. You know, you know, and that's exactly what happens, you know, when you're sitting in the office at work, right. And you got, you got some spare time and you're just kind of sitting there. I'm going to pop up on X and the weather, weather app. And then boom, I can pick, I got a handful of places based off of, what, you know the forecasts for the weekend or something and i can go all right i can go this night and go this morning all right here's these four spots are op- optional ah oh, yeah it's a little wet yet i can't get back there uh or it's a little drier that's always good when that's drier you know like you said it perfect 
yeah. you know, water levels, everything, wind directions, you know, all that stuff, whether it's raining or, you know, or, or whether it's windy, you know, um, you know, it, whether it's a, you know, a weekend day or just a weekday, because, you know, that changes everything too with the public land because there's quite a bit of pressure around here. And so, um, you know, all of that comes into play and that, and actually that, that sit that morning, I wasn't going to go there because I actually had, I actually had, I think I actually thought Saturday as opposed to Friday was going to be a better weather condition for back there. But I changed my mind because it was Friday and I thought I'm going to have that public piece probably to myself tomorrow morning, Saturday morning. I could have guys running around all over. Yeah. So I was like, nope, I'm going to go there first, and then I'm going to go to this other spot that's super tough to get to on Saturday because there won't be anybody there Saturday regardless. More more than likely, there won't be nobody there. Yeah. You know, this was another. This was a spot that was much more likely having some public pressure. So that's kind of how I determined that too, you know. Yeah. So let me ask you this <laughs> then. Um, you mentioned you're kind of just holding out. Uh, you got all these, you know, responsibilities with work and with the kids um and you like to try to find the cool temperatures or maybe a front that comes through um but what about warm weather because it's early season you know it's already october but still october can produce some pretty hot temps um yep like how does hot weather play into your equation if it's if it's like 95 plus or 100 there's a good chance I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. Like there's a very good chance if it's 90 or less. And if, and if the, and if it's cooling off relatively quickly in the evening, I will go sit like a 90 degree day, you know, depending on what it is. And, and, and that may not be, that may not be something that, uh, is, uh, extremely, I guess, aggressive, it might be something that's more like ah, I'll just be able to catch a glimpse of where something's coming through, and then I'll get an, I'll get more I'll just get some intel essentially, you know, right. get it right at last light. Probably not even going to kill. You're just going to more get an eye on something, and then you're just hunting. And you know, as much as we love this shit, it's like I don't care. I'm just sitting in a tree. I'm, I'm happy, you know. Right. <laughs> so, 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 uh, you know. But this year, I mean, this year it was it was I think it was like 80 degrees. I think, uh, opener and, and, you know, we were going and I had, uh, I had that, that buck, that, that big dude, I had him, I think I sent you a video of it or text of it. I think, didn't I? Oh, and, I have. Uh, I'd have to check it. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, I had him running around, you know, an hour before dark, you know, right in front of my tree. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, I'd much rather hunt a morning than an evening in early season, which is really kind of backwards is you know from what a lot of people like to hunt across the midwest yeah um i actually you know, up here up here yeah i actually just did Go an ahead. interview for um at bowhunting.com uh, about that and it's funny out of yeah. all of the people they interviewed only one guy said that hunting mornings was overrated this time of year the then there was i think three of us three out of the four that said it's uh it's actually underrated like I, I, dude, I just oh, feel, really? yeah, I actually, and, but, yeah. but the whole premise of that article was exactly what you just said, how dude, a long time ago, someone wrote an article about hunting, hunting yeah. mornings was stupid or bad. And it's just, I'm mm -hmm. like, but all these serious guys are saying, no, 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 that's not the case statistically you probably have a better chance in the evenings but if you can pattern a deer and you can get this you know get this buck um coming back off food and you have a great access route whether it's in a, in a pinch point or even in a bedding area or in a staging area coming off of a, a food source hell go for it yeah yeah of course man and i mean access is probably the number one thing of yeah you know that you got to take into account for for hunting a morning you know um if, if you just have no way to get in, get in behind where, where, you know, where they're feeding and try to cut them off or be waiting for them where you expect them to be bedding, you know, I would say not even waste your time. But if you got an access way through either the side door or the back door and the wind and you got the good wind directions and you can, you know, 
there's ways to do it, man. There's ways to get in there and get out without even being noticed, even if you don't kill one. Right. You know, there's ways to do it. It's just uh, and it and it's it's hard to even explain, right? It, it is. It's super hard to explain. Um, you know, if I'm hunting, a, if I'm hunting a deer that I would, I don't want to spook at all. Like if I'm just like, ah, I really do not want to mess this up. I'll still go hunt in the morning, but it may be he's going to come by with a crosswind or almost a quartering wind that's almost good for him. And, you know, going into his face just a slightly or just a cross where he's going to feel, feel good about it. And when he crosses where, where I, where I feel like he's coming, he's not going to win me once he gets past me, you know, because he might come through it, you know, 20 minutes before legal shooting light. That's, that's happened to me. I don't know how many times I could, you know, way more times than I can, you know, even count, you yeah. know, that's probably happened to me way more than, than anything. And so to try to, alleviate that that thing that from ruining it you know you just i just always try to hunt where i can get up to that spot get up into that area and i hunt either he comes through and i can kill him or he comes through or he doesn't come through i just don't know right sometimes you don't know but i feel like where he's coming through my wind never gets to a position where he can he could he could win me you know and even when i'm leaving i just got a good exit route i don't have to go anywhere near where i think he's betting I can basically go in and straight back out almost the same way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, uh, let me, let me ask you this. What was this buck doing in relationship to the wind? And I, cause I had a conversation with a guy about this earlier today and he's like, you know, mm-hmm. you hear you another, another, I guess it's almost like a myth. You, you hear people talk about, Oh, the, the deer are walking right into the wind. They're always going to walk right into the wind. And, that's false. I yeah. mean, from what I've seen. That's oh, yeah. Dude, I see I see deer walk with their wind straight to their back all the time. And it's not all mm-hmm. the time. But, I mean, like, for every time I see a deer walk head into wind, I see a deer walk straight away with the wind to his back. <laughs> right? Yeah. So and it's probably that's that same damn deer, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah exactly. The same deer do something exactly the opposite of what he just did. Yeah. You know? What did what did that yeah, buck do I, before you shot shot him? Did he have his wind quartering that, towards you or what? That that day it was that was a straight out of the north. That was a northwest, real slight drifting wind. So he would have came from the northwest with the wind out of his back. Yeah. Yeah. So he came he came with the wind at his back. Now the only the one thing I have noticed is that their just their demeanor is a little bit different sometimes you know and it depends on where they're at you know i i i do notice deer be a little more calm when they got the wind in their face you know yeah i have noticed kind of taking note of that but then again i've seen deer walk all willy-nilly just with the wind blowing at their back they don't give a shit yeah <laughs> so it's like yeah you know i don't know I, I i feel like it has more to do with what is the state of where they're living like what what kind of pressure have they been seeing and having on them? What, you know, wh- wh- has anybody been in that area and leaving any scent, you know, ha- at all? You know, if they've been pretty much left alone and you can catch them early season before anybody else has been in there, them deer almost act like there isn't anything out there that can kill them. Yeah. It's weird, you know, and, but the first time, you know, the first time, that's where up here, I, I always make the joke like, ah, you got one chance, you know, like somebody's like, Somebody wants to get aggressive on this on, on a particular deer. I always say, well, you got one good chance. If you're going to go in there like you're going to go in there, you know, how you want to do it, like, you got that one chance. You better make sure it's right because he's going to know you're right. He's going to be on to you as soon as you – because, you know, I've, I've, some guys have asked about, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this or I'm going to do that. And I'm like, you have, a, you have a good chance of killing him, but if you don't kill him, you've now left scent right in the middle of all of that. Yeah. You, you know, you're, you're, not, you're not leaving yourself any, any leeway, you yeah. know. Which, by all means, you know that's sometimes what a, what a guy has to do. Sometimes you just gotta you just gotta go for it, yeah. you know, and just hope for the best, you know. So everybody <laughs> thinks that early season uh, deer are for some strange reason back in their beds before the sun is even up yet, right? They think this. It just it's not. It's like <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, do, what? Why do you think that this buck that you shot this year was up on his feet two hours still after heading back to bed after uh, 
daylight. I, I think uh, there hasn't there wasn't a soul back there this year. I think where I was, I was the first human intrusion since shed season. I would I would I would bet that that is exactly why he was meandering around back there, because two years ago when I shot that big that that, that big one like literally 150 yards just behind that spot to the east. I had snuck in there and shot that deer after he got up out of his bed an hour and a half before light, before dark that evening. And he walked right through me, he right through there. He, I mean, he was walking through relatively open timber as if he, he had, you know, it was, he, he had no idea that there would be a person back there that at, at that time of year, you know? And so I think, I think if you can be the first one in on top of something like that, I think, you you literally are going to have your way with it until you until you screw it up yourself. Yeah. You know. And so with with that it's it's make it count, you yeah. know. If you're if you're going to go in there, you know, just 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 have 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 it have it planned out at least somewhat so that cuz one big problem is is guys will get this big idea and they'll go all the way back into something like that and they haven't quite thought through where they want to be they think they're going to just scout it around in the dark and figure it out good luck dude you're going to look at 500 trees in there you're going to walk <laughs> yeah 200 yards this way and 100 yards this way and you're going to leave scent everywhere and and get in a panic and frustrated and pissed off and i know this because i've done it yeah i've done that you know i've done that more times than you know than, than I, i'd share i care to even tell anybody about and yeah. then just completely ruin the whole area and have a shitty hunt and then now i'm like all right that place screwed for you know at least two weeks you know and so it's uh have a plan you know have have a general idea like where you want to be at least just a general idea and then when you go in there every step you take you can almost mark off that stuff you just walked over right yeah I, i always try to just don't don't go so far to where you've just screwed everything Leave yourself something new. Leave yourself something new ahead of you or off to the side of you that if you got to make, make a J hook to just get around some big, you know, crossing area or, a, or any kind of, you know, funnel way or whatever it might be, or just a big open pocket that's like, well, that's where I want to be able to shoot something is right through there. So, you know, just make a, make a circle. Do that. Do that. Don't just beeline right to where you want to be because, you know, you might have to let four or five deer walk past your set before the big dude shows up. Well, if they walk across your scent, you're screwed. Yeah. You know, and then there goes your whole hunt, you know, so. And not just, just for. doing little things like that that seem to matter the most, you know. Yeah, and not just for uh, for those deer, but for the other deer that you may not have seen. Because, you know, if if another, mm-hmm. if, if the a different group of deer says, all right, well, we're heading back to bed early. Or we got to get through this area before there's any type of human intrusion. Or they just bump and they, they go someplace else. Um, it, that's a. That's a a really awesome observation and great point that you brought up was um, the deer were comfortable because they currently weren't hunted back there and they were just kind of chilling, right? Uh, Taking their time, getting back to their bed. There was no rush for them to get back there. And then you come in, you seal the deal. But if there's, if, if there's this, now the pressure starts to build up on them and now they start going, okay, tweak. Now we're nocturnal. And then the whole yeah. the whole thing's over. Yep. Yeah. And 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 that might just be what what does it right. Yeah. And it's not always going to be that case, right? Nope. I've seen deer walk right over my path where because I, I mean, when I've walked when I walk in, if I cross any big mud hole areas, you know, moose, you know, moose shit or piss or wallows or anything like, I'm stepping in it all. I got rubber boots on. I think that type of stuff works for covering your scent and then they're just making, making deer feel calm and they're not too worried about that scent because I think moose are one of those things that I think help us, help me and guys that are hunting around these areas or anybody that hunts with, you know, moose in the area is that they, they just leave so much noise. You know, they, they make so much noise, they leave so much sign, they break so many branches and stuff like that when they're moving around. So I think that we, you can get away with a lot of stuff if you're just smart about it. And so, you know, I've seen deer come through and, you know, they walk right across where I walked in and it's like, all right, cool. That worked. And they didn't, they didn't spook, you know, and, and, you know, just try not to (laughs) just feel as though you just, anything you touch is going to leave scent. If you can just, 
just, you know, if you go in there and you're just, you know, plowing through everything and you're not picking your way through here, step on logs instead of big patchy grass and stuff like that. Anywhere you can touch hard, harder surfaces, I, I feel like you're just not leaving as much scent, you know? Yeah. So any dirt, dirt, you know, if you can walk on dirt, walk on dirt, you know, stay out of the grass because the grass is brushing up on your legs and everything like that, you know, and it's grabbing scent and I think it holds scent better. So there's a bunch of little things like that, that, you know, I don't really notice I do until somebody's with me and they're like, why are you doing, why'd you do that? What'd you do this for? And I'm like, I don't know. Is this, I, don't, I don't even think about it now, yeah. <laughs> you know, and then I get to explain why I did it, you know, but there's just all these little nuances that, that I think all add up, you yeah. know, and, and give a, give a guy just that little bit more edge, a little bit more edge and some confidence, Yeah, you know? So for what advice would you give? And you've talked about a, a little bit about this already, but let's say there's a guy, he's like, okay, I've heard Dan talk about it. I've heard Lucas talk about it. I've heard other guys um, who, you know, we're not the big names, but we're relatively successful on a consistent basis these these days. Mm-hmm. And uh, granted, I personally uh, haven't killed an early season, um, an early season whitetail uh, I don't think ever. Right. But I, but I've hunted, I've had good encounters. I just, I just haven't killed right here. You are, you've are killed. You talking, are you talking, you're talking October, early season. Yeah. I'm talking like this September, okay. yeah. the, the September, the early season, October time frame where a guy yep. has typically stayed out of the woods. What advice would you give to right. him if he goes, all right, man, you know, that's enough. I'm, I'm going to start hunting mornings in October any any caution tales any strategy any anything like that or tips that that you've learned over the years that you might want to share with us number one i would just locate something you want to hunt right locate something you're interested in you know whether that's just a group of deer you're like i don't really care i just want to be able to go out and see some deer have a chance maybe have a chance at something uh, it all depends on what the guy wants, right? Or gal, you yeah. know, what, are, what do you want a big buck? Do you want to, you know, or do you just want to go and just have a chance at some beer and, you know, number one, figure out that part, right? Figure out what, what the hell it is you want, you know, and go find that. I don't care how you figure that out. Glass cameras, you know, word of mouth, you know, sometimes people will just tell you, yeah, there's a shit pile of deer coming out right back in this field back here. Oh, cool. Can I go hunt them? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> so, right. you know, that I've seen that happen many times. So, but however you figure it out, figure that out. Then figure out, all right, if I want to hunt mornings, how the hell am I going to get in behind those deer? You know, and, you know, across the Midwest, you might have to ask the neighbors, you know, you might have to ask the neighbors, hey, I don't want to hunt your place. I just want to walk into this place over here. And I think, I think, I think a lot of people will let you just cross their property. You know, if you just, if you, if you, if you honestly just walk up and you know, knock on their door and, you know, tell them we t- just, you know, just be cool about it. And I think most people will say, yeah, that's, that's, that'll be okay. You know, cause I think a lot of people don't hunt early season, like, like, like we've spoken about. So they're not really too worried that, you know, oh, I asked so-and-so is going to go and well, whatever, they're going to just go put pressure on their stuff and push it all over to us. Cool. You know, that, that might be something what they're thinking. So, you know, number one, figure out how you can get in there behind them. Cause you have to. There's no other way. You're not walking through the field to go hunt, you know, them deer yeah, that are in that field. There's got to be an access change, it. right? Access route change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You either come from the side door or the back door, yep. you know? You got to have one one way or the other. And so once you figure that out, and and typically if, if, if you have a water, a water source that you can you can use for your entrance, whether it's, you know, a canoeing or a kayaking or, or using a trolling motor on a, on a canoe or a, a little boat, you know, do that like that that is that is one of the one of the one of the best ways that, that that you know for me if i didn't have a boat and i wasn't using the boat i'd have way less deer you know on my wall way yeah. less way less deer you know yeah. so it's not as simple as just using the boat it's you just gotta you gotta have a plan you get if you gotta you know you gotta have some sort of a strategy you right. know so and i think i think for for somebody just starting is, is draw a straight line from that food source to where you think they possibly could be betting, draw a straight line to that thing and hunt that straight line. Start there, yep. you know, hunt, hunt that transition area. You know, if there's a straight line through that spot where it opens up and you can see up and down, you know, perpendicular to that, 
go hunt that spot. Now you're going to get a good chance at maybe killing something plus maybe get some intel and something moving through. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Try to just hedge, hedge all your bets, you know, and just give yourself that opportunity to at least see what's going on. Don't go and just, you know, I think, I think some people think that they got to get right into the thickest, nastiest stuff. And that's cause that's the only place big bucks will walk. Right. And they, they put themselves there and they don't see shit because you know, them deer are much more relaxed early season. So they don't feel like they got to barricade themselves into a, you know, a thicket that you can't hardly walk through, you know? So them deer will lay right in the middle of the grass, you know, grassy area right up against the log or something, you know, in a wide open timber, you know, a big buck will, you know, this time of year. So it's a, uh, it's more or less like, like I said, figure out what you want to, where you want to, what you want to hunt, where, yeah. where that's at, figure out some access ways and just get after it. Yeah. Essentially. And you may not be successful the first year, but you're going to know something you're going to learn every time you go, you right. know, and try to find multiple spots to do that on. If you can do that multiple times in a, in an early season and just learn from them, you're going to become, you're going to definitely become a better, a better deer hunter just from, just from that experience alone. Yeah. You know, just that knowledge you'll find just from, just from putting yourself in that situation. So, but kind of backing up a second, the only reason you hunted mornings in that scenario is because you had intel of deer working their way off a off of a field back into that bedding, right? You had intel. Yep. Yep. So that was that was for you. This wasn't like a hey, I'm going in blind type scenario. Mm-hmm. And and you know so I, I used kind of like a um, I didn't necessarily use a back door on this. So what, what had happened is, is where, where I hunted these deer, you have to drive between two fields where they're feeding to get to a parking area, right? Well, in the past I've learned, it doesn't matter if you drive across that road. Most of them deer don't even pay attention to that vehicle. They just, they're off and they're not even looking at it. They don't even care. So what happens is, is I ended up about... I don't know, quarter to quarter to a half mile south of where I figured most of the deer were feeding out in them fields. And, but I was out of sight from them once I got to where I was parked. So basically I had to, like I said, I, I walked, I basically took the same direction, you know, going west to east, you know, walked way in. And then I had to hook way north, you know, back to the north to get back in line with where those deer would generally be going back into the timber. Right. So it doesn't always have to be something where you're coming from behind something. You just got to be able to get far enough away where you're not going to bother them or you could park and you could walk straight in, you know, and then just make a, make a, make a hook back in, you know? Yeah. And you got to get get in front of them. them. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. You just got to cut them off. Right. I mean, and, uh, and and essentially that, that, it's really that basic, you know? Um, so it's not that complicated. So this time of year, if you don't have Intel, though or you let's Mm -hmm. say the intel of trail camera picks or a deer um you you found a deer through glassing whatever um are you hunting blind in the mornings yeah i've done it i've done it many times yep yeah and then and 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 if it's if it's if it's that if it's that first that first sit i might i might sit like i said in some spot where i can see a little better maybe i can see 100 yards this way and 60 yards this way yeah you know and and then put myself in a position where, all right, um, I'm going to at least learn something today. And it might be where I can sit on the end of an opening with my wind blowing out that same end so that I can look all the way down that opening and, and get an idea of what's crossing. And then I see them cross. I back out of there once the, once the hunt's over. Now I know, all right, I got to go all the way up to that next big tree that sticks out and they cross right in there. That's where I'm going to set up the next time I go in, you know? And yeah. I think that's my favorite type of, of hunting right there is seeing them do something, go right back in after them and, and, and plan on them being right there again. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think, I think that's about as good of a kill situation as there is. That's yeah. the type of stuff that keeps you up at night. Like I can't wait to wake <laughs> up and go. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? Well, I yeah. tell you what, man, um, Lucas, first off, congrats on the, on this, uh, this year's buck again, Slayer, uh, uh, thank you very much for taking time out of your day and good luck the rest of the season, man. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Dan. You know, Hey, I'm, I'll be pulling for you. You're going after the mule deer down to South Dakota. I, I, 
I was I was just I was hoping and waiting just for this picture when you were down there earlier. Yeah. So was it was it South Dakota or Nebraska? I was in Nebraska uh, in September. Okay. But, so yeah. Now you're going to South Dakota though. Yeah, South Dakota now. Yep. Oh, okay. Ah, sweet, sweet. Yeah, a buddy of mine just tagged out down there uh, like this past week on a muley. Awesome. So, yeah, tough hunting, but it'll be fun. And there you have it. Huge shout out to Lucas. Appreciate your time, man. Congratulations, as always. And then on top of that, um, please go out and support the companies that support this podcast. We have Wasp, Vortex, Hunt Stand, Ozonix, Lone Wolf, Excalibur Crossbows, and Exodus Trail Cameras. Uh, please go out and support those companies. And what else? Instagram, Facebook. Make sure you're following the Nine Finger Chronicles. Go to iTunes or wherever you download your podcast. Leave a five-star review. That would help me out. And then that's it, right? Send good vibes out into the world. You will get those good vibes back. Wear your safety harness. Take care of your neighbor. All that stuff, right? Get out and hunt your balls off this weekend because, uh, you know, or not this weekend, but uh, because it's the October lull and no deer at all ever move during the October lull, but uh, I'm just bullshitting with you. Get out, hunt as much as you can, hunt hard, be safe, and we'll talk to you next time.